Today's episode is an epic one. So make sure you grab a pen and paper because you're going to be making notes throughout this one, especially if you have a Facebook group. Today, I've invited the beautiful Michelle Broom to come and share with us how she created a half a million dollar business through her Facebook group. When Michelle says that she knows how to grow an audience that makes you six to seven figures, she means it. Growing her Facebook group was a total game changer for her business and it gave her the freedom and security that she was searching for when she left her nine to five five years ago. With a 15 year background in marketing and public relations, Michelle has the skills and knowledge to help other talented rock stars get to six figures in their business. That starts with her proven framework for growing an engaged Facebook group that makes you a six figure business owner. Michelle's no nonsense, tough love approach helps her clients get results fast. In today's episode, we share how to overcome the limiting beliefs that keep you from showing up and being visible, how to have freedom in your business, what to focus on in your marketing when you have little money or little time, how to monetize your Facebook group, how to increase the engagement in your Facebook group, how to set up your group's Facebook positioning, the two simple things you need to do to grow your audience to the next level, and how to know if your marketing is working. So let me introduce you to the beautiful Michelle Vroom from Vroom Communications. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to uplevel your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. Today, I have a beautiful guest that's going to share with us some marketing tips and how to take your business to the next level with regards to Facebook groups. So I'd love to welcome Michelle to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. I'm excited. Well, it's my pleasure. And before we dive into a little bit about what you do, I would love for you to share with my listeners, what's one thing that you've done that you feel like has impacted your business in a massive way? Invest. Investing in coaching. Um, The trajectory of my business completely changed after I invested in coaching. In fact, for the last four years in a row, I have doubled my revenue every single year. And I've been in business for five years. So that first year that I you know, did it on my own and avoided getting help, totally changed after I invested in, in getting support and not even in having somebody tell me what to do, but somebody to help me build more trust in myself. I think that's, that's the key when I talk about investing. Yeah, I love that. That's so important because I think in those early days, like you have so much doubt and so much fear, like you're just trying to push through all of that to even take action, let alone think about, you know, putting next level strategies in place. So yeah, I love that. Right. I totally agree. Investing in yourself is a massive part of if you're wanting to grow, if you want to go to the next level, or even if you just want to go a little bit faster than where you're at, I think investing and getting that support is really, really important. Yes, totally agree. Amazing. So I'd love for you to share with everyone. Tell us a little bit about you and your experience and what happened in regards to you stepping into your business in regards to being a marketing coach. Yeah. So I've been in business five years. I started when my oldest, I have three boys at home when my oldest was six months old. Um, You know, I always had that seed of wanting to be an entrepreneur. Like that had definitely been planted um, years before, but when I had my son, that's when the seed really sprouted. And I saw an opportunity to like be a mom, right? Like take care of my family, but also like focus on what I wanted in my career and, you know, really establish kind of a separate identity outside of motherhood. And uh, I started out doing like full service marketing. I wasn't coaching at first. And then about a year and a half into business, I started coaching. And um, I saw a need in the market. I saw a need for women, especially who were starting businesses, needing support, um, you know, in their marketing, in their business, you know, learning how to grow their business. And it kind of just flourished from there. Lots of perseverance, lots of grit, (laughs) all of those things. But um, it's, it's been a wild ride and I wouldn't have it any other way. 
Yeah. And I, I imagine that starting a business at that point in time with having three kids and one only six months old, you wouldn't have had a lot of time to really spend on the business I'm imagining. It's not like a lot of people who can literally just spend like myself. I don't have kids. I can spend, you know, all day and all night working on my business. So how did you, how did you handle that? Yeah. And to be clear, I, I only had one child at the time when I started my business. My okay. oldest was six months old. I've since added two children. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought it was <laughs> Apparently, like, Apparently, you know, yeah. Like let's throw some more chaos in there. Um, yeah. You know, like giving myself a ton of grace, recognizing that there are seasons to everything. There are seasons when I need to devote more time to business. There are seasons when I need to devote more time to my family not making that mean anything about me um, or about my ability, you know? Also challenging the thoughts and the beliefs that I think a lot of us hold, which is I can't possibly grow a thriving business and be a mom. Like that's a big one, right? Like I, or, or, and, or I can't grow a thriving business and only work a certain amount of hours. Like I have to add extra hours. I have to work more hours in order to make more money. That was a belief that I held on to for a very long time. And when I finally let go of that, that's when I started making more money. That's when I, you know, became a six-figure business owner and then so on. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's such a common belief that a lot of people have is that for me, I literally worked through this with a client the other day and she was like, we talked about her next level success vision of what she wanted to create. And I was like, okay, so what's stopping you from getting there? And she's like, I'm going to have to work a lot harder. And she has a couple of kids as well. And I was like, but is that true? Right? Like, is it true? And I think- what a question. That's the exact question that I was asked about, you know, is that true that you actually have to do that? Such a simple question, yeah. but so effective. So I think sometimes when you have extra time, it can be much easier to waste time doing the things that really don't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You do have to maximize your time differently, but I mean, yeah. I think that happens whether you have kids or not, but certainly kids have a way of kind of forcing you to do that. Yeah. So would you like to start there by sharing when it comes to marketing, what are some of the key things that we need to do if we've got little time and money to work on growing our businesses? Yeah, I always focus on low-hanging fruit. That's what I call it. Like, what are the things that you can do um, that don't take a ton of time but have the greatest impact? And so, you know, I think looking, I think number one, getting really clear on like where you need to market is super important because I see so many people focused on all the, all the places, right? All the things like keeping your strategy simple and not adding on until you already have something that's working like a well-oiled machine. For example, my Facebook group is obviously my, my primary place that I land clients. And I didn't start incorporating my podcast or any other strategies until that group was operating like a well-oiled machine until I had grown it to a certain level. Like it would have been very easy for me to say, well, I'm going, my group's not growing fast enough. So I'm going to go do something else. But because I stayed super, super focused on cultivating and nurturing that community, it paid off. And I think that's important to, to, to simplify and look at, look at marketing for what it is, which is building relationships. So who are you building relationships with? Where are you going to go build relationships? Like that's literally the crux of it. And I think when you can keep it simple, especially starting out, but even as you grow, like continue to go back to, you know, what's worked well for me testing different things but again keeping it simple and focused I think mm. that's important yeah I totally agree and I, I think it can be so easy for us to go well well that's just giving me mediocre results so I'll just go find another thing and we just keep adding sure. things to our pile of things that's you know <laughs> instead of actually doubling down on what it is and figuring it out in order for it to be really successful so I would love for you to share with us then what would be your advice if it came to that or someone was experiencing that and what would you be looking for in regards to making sure that your marketing is working or not working? Well, number one, you have to track it. So many people have no idea like where people are coming from, where potential leads are coming from. Um, just to use an example, you know, I had a conversation with a client, I think it was a couple months ago, um, talking about like where she should be prioritizing her marketing efforts. And I was like, well, you're booking a lot of sales calls. Where are those people coming from? Well, she wasn't asking them. She wasn't like as part of the questionnaire, you know, that people would fill out prior to booking a call with her. She wasn't asking, how did you find me? And I think that's something like, that's a question that we ask every single member who comes into our Facebook group, because we want to know what's working well. So we can double down on that. I think that's the biggest thing is people always feel like they have to be adding a new strategy or doing something new in part because they're not tracking 
and they don't have a good sense of what's already working. Because if they did, then you prioritize that. You don't need to go out and create all of these new things. So looking for ways that you can track and see where people are coming to you. Like, are, is there a certain channel or a certain group that's sending you really quality leads? Because if so, how can you go deeper, right? Versus just going wide. Deeper meaning, you know, if, if a certain Facebook group is sending you really great leads, like, could you figure out a way to potentially do like a guest live, right? Like something like, how could, how could you go deeper and go, you know, beyond just posting in promo threads? So I think it's really looking at um, setting a baseline for yourself in terms of how you track those numbers. Mm, love that. And it could be something yeah. that, yeah, you do. <laughs> numbers aren't fun. I know they're not sexy. They're not fun. Like I never liked math, you know, but numbers are important because they remove the emotion and they just mm. tell you the, the straight facts, you know, Absolutely. otherwise you're making decisions based on how you feel on any given day. And that is a problem. <laughs> that yeah, is a big I problem. I yeah. totally agree. Because you know what? One day you may want to light your business on fire and then where are we now? You know, so. <laughs> it's so true it can be so like that for sure and I think yeah when you're right we come back to the numbers it's the true hard facts of like okay so I did this actually at the beginning of the year looked at last year and I, as you were saying that I was literally thinking to myself oh I haven't done that for the end of financial year yet like actually looked at that for even just the last six months mm -hmm. of like where your leads are coming from what's actually working like where are you spending your time and energy because at the end of the day like if you're not considering those things you're going to continue to do all of the things and before you know it you're burnt out and you do want to burn your fire burn your business down <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah I love that so I'd love to chat about Facebook groups now I feel like Facebook groups is like a love-hate relationship but you've done extremely well with yours so what do you feel has worked really well in order for you to help or in order for you to create like a half a million dollar business on your Facebook group number one I like being there I like the strategy I think we forget about that. There's so many strategies that you can use to reach your ideal client. So many. We live in a world where we have unprecedented access to the people that we are targeting. And so if there's not one size fits all, if it's not cookie cutter, then that means you get to choose. But a lot of people make the choice based on what they think they should do. I didn't do that with the group. I truly love growing my group. I truly love the people in it. I truly love um, showing up in that way. It doesn't mean it, it looks the same and it has looked the same over the last few years. Like my group has definitely evolved and there's been different seasons of it, but I think people are attracted to, um, the fact that my team, like myself and my team, we enjoy being in there. We enjoy providing value and that sets the tone for the entire group. And I just, I think it's so important to go back to that. Like, are you passionate about what you're doing? There are a lot of things that could be successful and have the potential to be successful. But if you are not passionate about those things, you're not gonna see that success mm -hmm. because the energy with which you're approaching them isn't quite right. Yeah. I think that would be the first the first thing. That's a big thing. First reason why that's yeah. successful. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And it's the thing that like people overlook or don't talk about because they're like, well, this is how I did it. But I could outline all the steps for you of how I've grown my group, how I've made money from it. And you would not be able to replicate them if you don't actually want to grow a Facebook group and you don't actually want to build relationships inside of a group. Mm. And I think so that would be the, that would be number one. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes you can become disheartened if it's not giving you the results that you're looking for. So mm -hmm. what would you say mm -hmm. to someone who has started a Facebook group and initially like loved it, but then has lost that passion for it? Yeah, I would look at why. I would look at what expectations you have on your group. I think my group has also made me a lot of money because I never had like all these expectations placed on it. Like it has to make me this amount by this time. I was just having fun building relationships. I view it as a party, right? Like I love entertaining in my home. I love having people over. A Facebook group to me is the same thing, same concept, you know, welcoming people in, like learning, you know, more about them. And so um, I think for anybody who's lost that passion, like going back to where, like what happened, what, what caused that is really, really important. And then I would also say, looking at yourself and asking, you know, in what way am I making this harder? Like, what can I, how can I make things easy and fun again? I just think that goes probably for all business, but especially for this is just taking that step back and asking yourself those questions. Love it. And there, and listen, like, I don't think, and hopefully this is encouraging to, to someone listening, like. 
I don't think that there's a group that you can't come back from. Like, I don't think a group is ever completely dead or just has no hope, like all hope is lost. Like, I don't believe that. I think you can always revive a group. You can always approach it from a fresh new perspective and change things up. Like, it doesn't have to be this way forever. So what are some of the mistakes that you see entrepreneurs make when they create their Facebook groups? They don't have a vision or a purpose for it, like who they want to attract. It's like, again, thinking about a party, like when you send out invitations, you want to know that you're sending them to the right people. You want to know that you are marketing your group properly. I think a lot of people market their group based on it just being a free group. Nobody cares. There's so many free groups out there, right? Market what's inside of the group. Market the resources, the learning, the education that's happening. When you can do that, then you're going to attract a different type of client. You're going to attract somebody who actually cares about those things. And that's how you fill a group with people who are a solid fit. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. I don't think it's ever perfect, but that's where a majority of your members are a good fit. And when that happens, then you are positioned to be able to monetize it. Yeah. Cause the end of the day, like, I feel like people expect so much from free these days that if there's no value in it, the free means nothing. Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And even looking at how you're positioning your group, like looking at the name of your group, your about section, like do those things, number one, grab attention and make someone say, I want to join that party. Number two, do they grab attention from the right people? Most of the time, the answer is no. And that's mm. one of the things that like you can shift, you can adjust and tweak or others. But I think that's a place to start, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that's the best place to start because then if you go to then try and monetize it, you're going to struggle. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And it's not about numbers, by the way, like, yes, numbers do play a role, but I think people also get really focused on just adding new people to their group when that is actually the beginning of your relationship with them. Mm. Like when they join your group, now they're really primed for you to build that relationship and to be able to, to monetize. Yeah. So that's the beginning of the end. not the, not the goal. Not, yeah. It's not the end. I mean, we can't just be so focused on numbers. Absolutely. So talk us through then engagement, right? Before we even talk about monetizing a Facebook group, let's talk about how you create that engagement in order to keep that value flowing, in order to keep that excitement in the group. So then people want to continue to come back and visit it. This is where the tough love is going to come out in full force. It starts with you. I see so many people who are just expecting their members to engage without even asking them to. Anytime a client tells me I'm not getting any engagement in my group, my first question to them, and sometimes they're like, oh, I knew she was going to ask that. But my first question is, are you asking for it? Mm. People can't read your mind. People are busy. Attention spans are like six seconds, right? People are busy. They need you to tell them what to do. And so if you are not inviting people to engage, if you're not asking for it, then you can't complain that you're not getting engagement. And I say all this with love, but it's the truth. And I think people need to hear that. Also, when you are in the early stages of growing a group, it is going to feel like you are the only one showing up. It's like a seventh grade, you know, dance where the girl stood on one side and the boy stood on the other and you had to hope somebody would make the first move. And it was usually a girl, right? So same concept. And I think that we have a lot of pride sometimes. Our egos get in the way, right? We tell ourselves like, well, I'm not getting any engagement. And so... You know, I'm just like, gonna give up. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give up. Like, I feel like this is something I need to talk about more, like letting go of your ego mm. <laughs> and growing your Facebook group. But we do, we give up. And here's the thing, like your people, sometimes they join your group and they don't even really know what they want. They, they feel all over the place. And so you need to set the tone as a leader, whether you like it or not, whether you realize it or not, you are a mm. leader and it's up to you to set that tone. And I just think that people are giving up too quick and they're expecting things out of their audience that their audience cannot deliver. You have to ask for engagement. You have to be willing to show up and engage. If you're not willing to do that every single day, then you can't expect your people to do the same thing. Right. Love it. Give the hard love. <laughs> so good. Mm -hmm. It's so yep. true. Like, I, I think it. you're right that people have such expectations. They go, if I build it, they will come. Or I start it and I've engaged for every day for a month and then nothing's happening. It's like, yeah, because it's just not long enough. Like, you either need to check. Well, in. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This is, here's the party analogy. Let's go back to that, right? Could you imagine showing up at a party where there were no activities? no food, nothing. The host was just sitting on the couch waiting for you to bring something to the party. 
Would you stay at that party? I'd be like, no, I'm yes. out. I make up an excuse. Like, somebody call me, pretend to call me. So I have to go, right? What we're doing that with our Facebook groups. We are literally actively doing that. When we're like, you show up for me, you engage with me and then I'll engage with you. Love it. So good. So then I guess the next kind of piece of that is like, what happens when you get stuck for what to share? Like when it comes to your content, it feels like you're constantly putting out and getting nothing back. What would your suggestions be in that situation? I would really, again, make sure you're truly getting nothing back. Like, are you actually getting nothing back? Most of the time, that's not the case. And if you were tracking your data and information, looking at your insights, you would see otherwise. If we overlook Facebook's insights, like how often do you go to your insights tool to see in your group, like engagement and activity and growth, right? And active members. And by the way, active members isn't just people who are engaging and commenting and liking your posts. Active members is also people that are reading posts without engaging. And so yes, engagement's important, but I also wanna be very, very clear that it is definitely not the main piece of the pie, if you will. And there are plenty of posts that I've put out that have gotten zero engagement, meaning like comments, likes, and posts, and people have DM'd me afterwards. Mm. And they're like, I love what you just said. I love what you just said. Like, I would like to sign up with you. Actually, many of my best clients have been the lurkers behind the scenes. And so I want to be clear that like, if your goal is just to get comments and likes, you probably will reach a point where you don't know what to say, where you don't know what content to put out there because you're in competition with yourself versus letting, like just speaking from the heart, talking about what you want to talk about. So I would say that first and foremost, definitely track when you put out content, like test, like have fun testing different pieces of content and then see and evaluate which ones work well, meaning which ones brought, brought in potentially leads, like which ones, you know, actually reached the goal of the post. Like, I think a lot of people forget that you've got to understand what your goal is when you post something. A lot of times people will say, well, my content didn't perform well. And I'm like, well, what was the goal of the post? Oh, I don't know. Well, then of course it didn't, right? Um, and it's, 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 it happens to all of us. Like this isn't something that just happens to, to you know, a few people. Um, so you need to make sure that you understand like what's the point of this post? What's the next step that I want people to take? So I think that helps. And then I also think drawing on your own experience, like in conversations that you have with your clients. I mean, even in this podcast interview right now, I've got two ideas for Facebook Live. So I'm going to go jot down when I'm done here because you, like even just talking it through with someone kind of inspires you to put out new content. And so I think if we could relax a little bit, stop stressing so much about engagement, stop trying to make, come up with a perfect piece of content because there is none and you will never come up with a perfect piece of content. I think the content ideas would flow mm. a lot more. And I also like the idea of like, if you get back to, who you want to serve and that real ideal client of who you want in there, the more specific you get, it's easier to come up with more yeah. content ideas, right? Like, cause you know, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And even ask yourself this question and journal on it. What do they need to hear from me today? That's an interesting question. If you could get in the habit of writing that down every day, I think that would be huge. Um, now granted, like I am very organized in my group. I've got an editorial calendar. We have different categories of topics that we put out. Um, and categories of posts, like we know we're doing a live on this day, or we know we're doing a client testimonial on this day. So like that helps, right? Um, also, we take my posts that I put out, the ones that perform well, the ones that I really enjoyed too, that I just love, and we put them all of them in a Google Doc, so that my team can pull from them and put them into our calendar. So that if it's a day or a week or two, right, where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say, I got nothing, right? Like I'm whatever struggling, like something's going, you know, yeah. then I don't have to worry about nothing going out. And so I do think like help yourself be a little more organized too. Don't be afraid to do that. Mm, I love that idea because yeah, it's like, yeah, honestly, like you're not reinventing the wheel. You probably are saying things you're saying today that you said last year, but you've just forgotten. Right. You, said them. Right. you just say them in a different way because you're in a different space. Oh. And basic marketing principle, right? People need to see and hear things at least probably 10 different times, maybe 12. So if you're posting one thing and we all know that not everybody sees that post and you're expecting that everybody noticed it, they didn't, right? Like repurpose your content. Don't feel like you have to constantly create brand new content. Mm, repetition is everything, obviously. Um, I repurpose it. constantly. I repurpose constantly. And that saves me a ton of time. And that's how people are always like, how... How are you putting out so much content? How are you always on? And I'm like, I am not always on. I repurpose a lot. And I make, I make my content stretch longer, you know? 
Gotta have a bit of a plan, right? When you organize, it's much I have a plan. Yeah. Well, and listen, I resisted a plan for a long time. So I also know, like, even though I'm a type A planner, I resisted a planning with my group because it's something that comes naturally to me. I'm a good writer. So I was like, I shouldn't have to plan out my stuff. Like, I think sometimes we tell ourselves we shouldn't have to do certain things, but just plan it. Just plan it, force yourself to stick to the plan and you'll notice a difference. Yeah. Well, I'm actually the opposite. Like I struggle to create on the fly unless something has happened mm. where I've had like an epic client session and I'm like, oh, I feel really called cool to share this. That's when I'll do it on the fly. Yeah. But I find yeah. that when, if I set aside some time and I go, well, I'm actually going to focus on these couple of topics. If I get into the flow of it, I can create five to 10 posts, you know, of content, pieces of content straight up like that and it's much easier to do it for me that way agreed so you just gotta find yeah. what works for you hey yeah so if you put us together we'll be the perfect content yeah. creation machine <laughs> <laughs> love it so let's talk about monetizing a group so share with me what are mm -hmm. some of the things we need to consider before we consider monetizing okay so first things first it's okay to monetize guys if you are, listen, if you are promoting a business in a group, I know I can't help the sass that comes out when I'm, so when good. I'm Love it. talking about this, but I'm going I'm to I'm let it out. Go for it. When you are talking about your business inside of your group, you, your group needs to make you money. Like whatever you do for your business should make you money because you're running a business. You're not running a charity. And so I think first and foremost, we have to get comfortable with that and okay with that. A lot of people feel like, well, I've created this group. I've, I've been, you know, invited this party. How dare I ask people for money? Those people chose to be in your group, right? Like no one forced them to come there. <laughs> no one forced them to join your group and they have the free will to leave at any given moment. So when you think about that, right? And you think about the fact that they've chosen to be there, is it possible that they are interested in what you have to offer? Is it possible that some of them may be ready to work with you? If we can reframe that and shift that in our minds, I think it becomes so much easier to monetize. So I think that's important right out of the gate. Talk about your offers more. I was just on a call with a client two days ago who was telling me that she really wants to land um, three new clients for her group program. And we were talking about low-hanging fruit and how can she do that most efficiently? She's a busy mom. She's home, you know, with her kids. It's summertime, right? At the time of this recording. And so, um, you know, I was like, okay, so like, what's the low-hanging fruit that you can do? You've got a Facebook group of 800, over 800 people. Are you talking about your offer? Are you talking about the group program that you want to promote? No, I'm not. I said, well, that's it, right? Like she wasn't, or at least she was maybe dropping things once in a while, but not consistently. I said, well, that's the low hanging fruit because you have this ready-made audience who potentially wants to buy from you. And so if you want those three clients, like it doesn't, she was talking about having to add on all these extra strategies. She's like, I don't want to have to spend all this extra time marketing. That's why I'm resisting this. And I was like, who says you have to spend extra time marketing? Your people are right there. Right. And she actually just posted something this morning Awesome to her group. Like, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But the point being is that, I mean, going back to your, your, you know, uh, question at the beginning of this interview about like, how do you make, you know, things efficient? How do you maximize your time in marketing? That's how, right. Is just putting out offers, doing it from day one, from the minute you have somebody in your group, you've got to be willing to talk about what you do and to invite people to join. And I think a lot of people just really struggle with being consistent about that because again, they're letting their feelings get in the way. That's why I have specific posts about working with me that my team pulls from so that it's not up to me to decide whether that's being posted. My team's going to decide that. So I think being really, really clear, number one, about what you're marketing so that everything, like all of your content and the things you do in the group align with that. But then number two, like, how do you want to market this thing? For me, I love doing lives, right? So live videos inside of my group are always one way. Um, or one element, I should say, of how I market my offers. There are so many other ways too, right? And so thinking about like, what would feel fun? What can I do in my group? Like what, this is my party. So I get to decide. Um, I think that's really important. Mm, yeah. And I think so many women really struggle. I find this with business owners that I work with as well, is that they really struggle to feel like they don't want to be salesy, but they also are like putting themselves out there in that way it feels inauthentic or they want it to feel authentic. And it's like, it's only going to feel authentic if you start to practice it, do it more, right? Because often then when you consider that client that you're talking about, you'll find that if she hadn't put it out to the group, 
the way that you're letting your clients feel, the way that you're letting your potential people feel is that this wasn't available to you because I didn't tell you about it. And then you go out and start talking about your group program and you love it and you're like all the experiences your clients are getting in the group and your, your Facebook group sitting over there going, well, why didn't I get offered that? Like it makes them feel worse, right? If you don't sell. A thousand percent. And I mean, listen, Facebook groups are great, free Facebook groups, but they only go so far. Mm. There will be a point where if you've nurtured the relationship with people and they've gotten some great value in your group, it won't be enough for them. Mm. And so part of serving your people is also like understanding that that's going to happen. And when that does happen, inviting them to work with you. Yeah. Right. Because that's the best gift you can give them versus keeping them in that free group. And if you're feeling salesy about that, I would challenge you to look at what part of you is not fully on board with your offer? Because if you believed a thousand percent that you've got something amazing, like, would you hesitate to tell people about it? Probably not. Right. I mean, how many of us have found a favorite, you know, brand of shampoo or makeup or whatever it is. And been like, Oh, I can't wait to share this with everybody. That should be how your offer, like how it is with your offer. Yeah. Love it. Right. We're so comfortable to share like your favorite new restaurant and all the things that you're playing with and yep. the book that you just purchased. Yeah. Like that is actually selling. It really is. It really is. And yeah. we need to redefine that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so then obviously then that brings up a lot of doubts and fears with, with women in regards to being visible in their group. So obviously you just shared that you love doing Facebook lives in there. Is there anything that you see with a lot of your clients that really struggle with that area? And what advice would you give them when it comes to showing up? Yeah, I think there's a lot of fear, you know, fear of um, judgment of what other people will think of getting it wrong, you know, um, failing, whatever that means for them. And I felt all of those things. Like people, I laugh because people are always like, well, how did you start? Like, how, how do you create all these great Facebook lives? And I'm like, have you seen the first Facebook live I ever did? I can show it to you. It was a mess, right? Like I just started, you know, I just started, I was comfortable with the fact that nobody watched live and only a handful of people watched the replay. And I just kept going. And I know that that sounds very simple and, and people have heard it before, but I just kept moving forward and, and showing up, even though I didn't feel like it some days, even though I questioned whether anyone was watching. And as I did that, like the more I did that, the more people started watching and paying attention because I was consistent because they knew that I was going to, you know, be showing up. So I would say like, start small. If you're afraid or if you're nervous, start small, like what could you do to start getting visible that maybe you commit to like, just using the example of Facebook lives, you know, maybe it's not a live every single week. Maybe it's a live once a month and that's what you commit to. And that's what you start with because the more consistent you can be, with something, the more confidence you'll start to have as you take action. And then you'll want to, to get more visible. You'll want to increase that visibility and that activity. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. You've got to start small. And it's the people, it, it's the difference between successful people and people who are gonna, like are gonna do it and they don't do it is just pushing through that little bit of fear just to get started and start small. Like I feel like that's the, the biggest thing. Right. <laughs> Right, right. Exactly. Like exactly. we all, we all had to start somewhere. Like that first Facebook live was always horrible. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. Love it. Love it. So I'd love for you to share then. Okay. Let's take it to the next level. So if we were to go, okay, so we've got a Facebook group, we've got some really good engagement and we're sharing our offers and maybe we'd like to step it up a notch. What are some of the things that you would suggest in regards to like what game changing action would you take in that situation to step it up? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things when it comes to stepping it up um, in your group. Um, even just looking at like the lives that you're doing, how can you like really maximize the attention that you want to grab with your audience? So for example, um, you know, if you're used to doing lives, like just you, maybe you look at how you can bring in like a client, you know, like I love doing client tell-alls and behind the scenes stuff with my clients through lives. Because I think that to be able to have a conversation like this one is really, really powerful for people. So looking at what's already working in your group, like the things that you're doing that are grabbing attention and how can you like turn it up a notch? How can you pour some of that gasoline on the fire, if you will? Um, so I think lives behind the scenes, like people are naturally nosy. They're naturally like they naturally have FOMO. And so you want to make sure that you are kind of tapping into that. Um, I think too, like something that a lot of people overlook that has definitely been a game changer for me in terms of growing my group with the right people is utilizing the people that I already have in my community. And how can I make it worth their while for them to share about the group, right? It doesn't even look like inviting people, but even just sharing. And so we've come up with like different competitions and challenges and things like that. 
giveaways. Um, we've come up with like, you know, special like inner circle, like VIP stuff, you know, bonus things for people who are sharing our group and, and getting it out there and referring it to more people. Um, almost like a group affiliate, like a free, like an affiliate program for a free group, right? We always hear about affiliate programs for paid groups, but what about your free group? Um, so thinking about stuff like that, um, what else has been a game changer for me? I think those things for sure. And then I would also say, um, like looking at how I can create systems to make things work even better. So for example, I use a tool called Group Leads to approve people automatically to join my group, like assuming they fit the criteria. It adds them directly to a separate spreadsheet and puts them in my CRM system. So I can send people like a welcome email, pointing them to different resources in the group. Like it really just kind of adds that wow factor, but saves me the time as my group gets bigger of messaging people directly. I think that when your group, like a lot of people are like, my group is so small, like I can't really do much. Like what's gonna change the game for me? That personal outreach is also key, right? Like if you invited somebody to join your party, would you just leave the front door open and hope that they found their way to the bathroom to get food? No, right? Why are we doing that with our group? So even if you're just like, where do I start? Like the best place to start is looking at the journey when someone first joins your group. Are you welcoming them? Are you pointing them in the direction of a resource that can help them? Are you taking time to ask them, what do they need help with? And then tagging them in that resource, right? That's how we start conversations with people is we show an interest in what they need right when they join. And then we keep them top of mind. We track them. We have a lead tracker that we use where we track them and we go back and we look at what topic do they say they're interested in? Well, we're doing a live on that. Let's tag them so that they know that this is happening. Um, a lot of people forget that like, it's all about that journey of, of the person going through your group. And so I think mapping that out is a huge game changer. And just starting with a, a welcome message is huge for people. I love that. Oh, I just love every little bit of what you just shared. I think it's really considering that whole journey of that experience with you because, yeah, I think that people really forget that. Yeah. They just go, I'm going to put them in a group and hope that they engage. Like, no, you've got to support them through that journey and then yeah. guide them. Listen, I'm a praying woman, but hope and a prayer is not an effective strategy for your Facebook group. And so just out of curiosity, with your Facebook group, where in your funnel do you feel like that sits? Is that top of funnel? Is that that you actually want everyone in your group and that's more bottom of funnel? Where, where is it sitting for you? I point everybody to my group. So in my podcast, point people to my group. Yeah, point people to my group. Email, point people to my group. Like that is that is our end destination right before people like show interest in booking a call or signing on to a program. So um, we know that if we get people into our group, we, they, we will sign them. Um, we actually have tracked like what is that average amount of time. And for us, it's about 90 days. If somebody comes in who's the right fit, doesn't know about us, they join our group. Usually it's about a 90 day average period before they become a client. It's pretty standard for the industry. That's why I always say like anything you're doing when it comes to visibility or showing up in your group, do it for 90 days straight. A lot of people do it for like a week or two and they're like, I'm done, it's <laughs> not working. You, you don't even know whether something has the potential to work unless you do it for 90 days straight. So we also track and understand kind of what the life cycle is like. And we know like, again, if we get someone in our group, like they're gonna see all the value, they're gonna get to know us better. And we're going to have a better time converting them than if we try to convert them outside of the group. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It just means we know where our primary resources for, for landing clients and we use it to our advantage. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's really good. And so then when it comes to this, this question always gets asked and I'm, everyone I feel like gets different answers to this. So obviously it's being a free group. You want to obviously add lots of value. Where do you draw the line of what it is that you do share and don't share? question. That's a great question. Um, I don't share things that are happening in the moment because I want to share perspective. I definitely am a very open, honest, transparent person. But again, like there are certain private things or client situations that I won't share. I think my, my thinking is always, am I sharing this to benefit my people, right? Like that has to be the criteria that I go back to. Um, I think boundaries are important for your group, for sure. So for me, like, I'm not going to get into a coaching session with somebody in, in a thread. Like if you are interested or you have questions or you are struggling with a thing that we can help you with, like, we're going to tell you that we're going to invite you to book a sales call, right? Like, we're not afraid to do that. I think that goes back to the, the like salesy, you know, monetizing piece that we were talking about. Um, 
So I think for me, it's more so also making sure that like, I'm not spending all my time in my group that I have certain points, like where I'm checking in, but obviously my clients come first. Right. And so, um, really making sure that like, I'm giving people value in my group, but then also incentivizing them and giving them a reason to level up and work with me. And they can't do that if I'm in there like every five Love seconds, it. like giving them all these details. I also want to share like thought provoking content, yeah. content that challenges them and inspires them to take action. Because if I give them all of this, like how to content and take all these steps, they might go do it, but it's going to be kind of empty and void of like any kind of passion and direction and, or they probably won't do it because they're going to take it back and like get overwhelmed on their own. Mm -hmm. So I want to like shift their thoughts around getting help and support in that area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. That's really good. Really good. And so is there any challenges when it comes to like, you're sharing so much of your expertise in that, in that Facebook group. So at what point do, like, how do you create that experience of they've learned so much now it's time to invest? I usually can tell when someone's ready because we're tracking them on the lead tracker they're showing up a lot. They're like you, I mean, again, there are those lurkers behind the scenes. So this is not always the case, right? Disclaimer, but they're showing up a lot. We're seeing names kind of cropping up over and over again. And that's when we're like, okay, you're now on our radar. So if we have an offer, whether it's a free workshop, a paid workshop, an offer, a program launch, like we're going to go to you, like you're going to be on our list to reach out to. So I would say like keeping a close eye on who we see kind of showing up um, having a plan to follow up with leads. I think that's something that's missing from a lot of people's strategy is do you have a plan to actually follow up? Even just as simple as, hey, how are you doing? How often do we do that? We welcome people when they join our group, right? But it's the, again, using the party analogy, if someone comes to your party and you welcome them, do you ever, do you like never check in on them again the rest of the night? No, probably not, right? You wanna make sure they're having a good time. So I think even doing something as simple as that can be really powerful so that you have a good idea of what's going on with the people in your community. And that goes with anything that you're doing in your business, whether it's Facebook it group, whether it's your, your Instagram, like whatever, yeah. it can be used across any, any area where you're growing your audience, right? Yeah. You probably have people right now who need your help, but you haven't checked in on them. Mm, yeah. So, so good. Okay, cool. All right, so you mentioned you've got your team because obviously you've grown to a certain extent. So managing the Facebook mm -hmm. group has obviously become a bigger activity than just a yeah. one person. Yeah. So at what point did you feel like you needed to get that extra support to help you with growing the group? I don't even know if it was support with growing the group at first. It was more so like scheduling content and putting it out there. Um, so that was something that I did, let's see. I think I was probably a year into growing the group when I did that. It was more so, it wasn't just specific to the group. It was more so like around kind of all of my marketing, like hiring an assistant, somebody who could help me. Um, as my business has grown and as I work towards my seven figure goal, what I've noticed and what I've realized is that I can't be like in the group all the time, right? And that's hard because I love my group, right? And so really being able to recognize like when it was time to kind of start taking a step back in a different way um, and allowing my team to come forward, like that is something that I've probably started doing in the last, like I would say six months to a year. So it's actually fairly recent. So I think for most people where they should invest in help first is just in scheduling and getting the content out and kind of those like admin related things, like approving members, right? Even like sending a welcome message on your behalf or something like that. I mean, you can craft that, right? It doesn't have to be done by, by whomever is on your team helping you. Looking at what are the admin things that take up a lot of my time in the group so that I can free some of that up, those reoccurring activities. And then I've got time to really engage and like build those relationships. Because if you're stuck doing all the admin stuff too, as your group grows, you're going to find it difficult to like keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on. Mm, yeah, so good. And so then let's talk marketing as a whole now. So as a whole, when it comes to marketing, when you're starting to grow and you're scaling, what do you believe is the next step in regards to investing? What would you invest in? What would you suggest your clients invest in as they start to grow? Yeah, um, I would definitely invest. I mean, I invested obviously in that tool called Group Leads. It's not a significant investment, but again, things that can either team or platforms and things that can support you in, in growing that group and, and taking some of that time off. Um, looking or taking that time away from, from doing that, looking at just overall marketing. I mean, I think 
everybody needs some sort some form of a coach or somebody who can support them. Um, even if it's not in creating the strategy, like keeping you accountable and kind of getting you moving toward that. So I would say that that for sure, when you reach the point where you could use an assistant or could use somebody like even just a VA to kind of help you um, take some of the, the marketing admin stuff off your plate, I think that's always really important. Um, I think I invested in a VA before I even invested in like Facebook ads or anything like that. What else? What else are things that I would I would recommend? I mean, I always think like investing in like an Asana or a Trello or something that helps you like stay organized and create that editorial calendar is really important too. I think ads are great, but you have to be clear about like what your strategy is and where you're directing people. And if you don't have those things, it's easy to waste a lot of money on ads. So I would be really careful about those pieces. What else did I invest in earlier on? Not even earlier on, just the different phases. I, I invested in lead pages, things that could help me put together like sales pages and, and landing pages for free offers that would be relatively easier. Um, I, I invested in um, Active Campaign, which is an email campaign um, or email software. That was great because I was using MailChimp for so long and I didn't have a way to like segment or track people according to their preferences. So those are some of the tools that like I started investing in to really help me automate some pieces of the relationship building journey, knowing that you really can't fully automate them. And I think that's where, because the human to human relationship is so important, my, my company will always have some element of that. And so for me, I'd rather invest in people who can help me do that, who enjoy building relationships as well. And that's kind of like where I'm really leaning into right now in my business. So that was a little bit of a lengthy question because it's going to depend on where you're at and what your goals are, but hopefully that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Really good for sure. Awesome. So, I mean, over your whole journey of your business, what's something you would have loved to have known early on that you don't, didn't actually learn until later down the track? Oh goodness. Um, I would have loved to have learned just that like trusting myself is the key to so many things in business. I really wish I had learned that sooner or at least learned how to practice that, you know, yeah. make that a regular habit. I think that, I think the other, like maybe more strategic marketing thing is just recognizing that, yes, it's important to talk about your challenges and talk about the challenges that a dream client is going to face or an ideal client. But if you're talking more about their challenges and not enough about what they want for the future, you're going to attract a different type of person. So considering mm -hmm. like your messaging and your copy and the balance you have between like identifying what their challenges, but then inspiring them to take action. Mm. I think I could have been doing way more of that earlier on in my messaging copy. And I attracted some interesting clients as a result. Yeah. I love that. I actually feel like I'm in that phase at the moment where I've actually realized that most recently was like, I need to start talking a little bit more about the aspirational and the next level and that type of, type of thing. So I've been focusing on so much of the, what the problem is, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed that, um, in my marketing, um, and I, I'm actually putting together and, and doing a workshop right now to help people like clone their favorite client. And that's a big piece of it is like, if you find yourself in the place where you're talking so much about challenges, but not enough about the aspirations, that's what your ideal, what your ideal client and your favorite clients that you've ever worked with probably heard. And that's what made them sign on with you. So like dialing into like, what did they hear? What did that look like? And really putting that into your messaging and your marketing, I think is so important. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so what are you excited about for next? I am so excited about like the trajectory of my team and growing my team. Um, I'm excited about where we're headed with some of our programs. We're revamping our signature program. We are adding in another program that's really going to support people who want to grow their group to their first 100 members. I always talk about like getting to your first 100 because once you have 100 dream clients in front of you, you can expect that at least one or two will convert to clients based on marketing conversion rates. So um, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for like just the, the client journey that we are really, that we've put together, but that we're really evolving in a new way. And my team is taking a lot of ownership over that, which I think is also really, really exciting. Mm, love it. I just really love today how you've shared the ins and outs of it, the challenges, but also this 
you've created this space of like, don't give up. Like it doesn't have to mean that if if things aren't working, there's so many more things that you could be doing in order to succeed in it. And I think that people can get so bogged down in all the things that aren't working and and aren't focusing on the things that are working. So I love that you should. Oh gosh, I fall prey to that too. And I also say like marketing, so much of marketing is tweaking and refining. Mm. I think we forget about the refining part. (laughs) We just want it to work perfectly 100% of the time, right? And the first time. No, you've got to tweak. (laughs) Yeah, on the first time. Exactly. Exactly. No, you're going to have to refine. You're going to have to adjust. You're going to have to continue going. Like, we need to leave more space for that. And even I, as a marketer, right, as somebody with a marketing background, like I've struggled with that, you know? And so I think that's an important lesson about marketing that people just need to prepare for. Like, stop avoiding it and just know that it's going to happen, that you're going to have to tweak and refine, right? Love it. Love it. Okay. Can you share with us where we can find your Facebook group? Yes, it's called Market Like a Boss. If you type that into Facebook, you will find it. It's got about, where are we at? 5,500 women in there right now. So lots of great connections for you. That's where I show up. I give my sassy, juicy Facebook lives. And I just really, I mean, I believe too ultimately that every single female entrepreneur should be growing at least a six-figure business with more joy and freedom. And so a lot of the content I share is also aimed Mm. at helping you find like that freedom and security and being able to get clients whenever you want in your business. That's why I'm so passionate about groups because that was not a reality for for me in my business until I had a Facebook group. So that's something that you feel really strongly about or you feel passionate about or even resonates with you even just a little bit. I hope you'll join the group. Love it. And share with us, you've also got a podcast also called Market Like a Boss. Same name, Market Like a Boss. I like to make it easy for people. So check it out. There's new episodes every Tuesday. Again, like just focused on really breaking down like what marketing actually is, what it takes to show up and run a business. I'm very open and transparent about being a multi-six-figure business owner with three boys at home and heading towards the seven-figure mark. And so I like to just always be clear about what that looks like, about the ups and the downs. And that's the kind of stuff that I share on the podcast too. Love it. So good. Beef, I'm going to share all of that in the show, show notes for sure so people can find you really easily and just click those links. But I'd love for you to share with us before we finish up, how can we have more freedom in our business? More freedom starts with you deciding that you're going to choose it. We wait till we reach a certain like milestone, I think for a lot of women, six figures and then say, okay, now I'll have more freedom. That's not how this works. You get more freedom when you decide now, like, or I'm sorry, you get more, more money. You reach that six figure mark when you decide that you want more freedom now. Right. And so I think just recognizing that no one's going to hand it to you. You have to be the one to choose it. And then also recognizing that you're the one that's creating a lot of the mental drama in your business. How are you making things really, really hard for yourself right now? Right? Like, Are you overanalyzing everything? Do you have boundaries that maybe need to be protected? Um, Are you following other people and comparing yourself to them? Like shut that stuff off, you know, go on a social detox if you have to, like protect your mental state because your mind is the biggest business asset that you have. Oh, that's really good. (laughs) You'll you'll have the truth (laughs) bump to the end. (laughs) There you go. Love it. Oh, Michelle, it's been so great chatting with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your journey and your business and everything that you've achieved so far. I really appreciate you sharing it all with us today. Thank you for having me. This is a blast. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.